Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It hurts to be in here. I don't know how to protect my family. If you go in that barn, you're gonna die. I hate this house. I love my house, but I love my family more. How? This is worse than a prison. That's very, very, very bad. And there's blood. I think that the living are caught in a war zone. You're mine. You can't escape. My name? is Amy Allen. What's happening? I see dead people. It seems like a devil. I speak to dead people. He's pissed off, and they speak to me. I felt real fear. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she's being murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Serial killer pops in my head. And I know every person, every house, as secrets. Nobody believes me. It's my job to reveal them. Do you think there's still bodies there? I do. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. You got problems. I got news for you. When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay... This is our house, whether they like it or not. Or time to get out. This is their house, the house of the dead. I'm in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. It's an upscale community about 40 minutes outside of Philly. Amy and I were called in by a woman named Carol. Now, she told me the activity in her dream home is so bad, it's ruining her health and tearing her family apart. She got real emotional on the phone and begged us to come out. She says we're our last hope. Before Amy arrives, I look for anything that might influence her findings. This house has a lot of family photos. Once they're covered or removed, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. I think I'm feeling like sick. I have a fever. 
hot and cold at the same time, and your heart's pounding. I'm also getting this woman. I think she causes sickness and um, extreme nausea, but she always is moving all over the place. She literally looks like a blur. And she likes to move things around. Redecorating is what she thinks that she's doing, and she's very strange looking. She has spider arms and spider legs, and then her head is more just like a skull. She's scary, and she scares people. Uh, so, Carol, I'm glad I'm here. You sounded really upset on the phone, and it sounds like you're going through a tough time. Yeah, I called you in because I really need help. I'm concerned for our, our physical safety, emotional safety, and I don't know how to protect my family. Now, how long have you lived here? 12 years. Now, who lives in the house with you now? My husband and my son. My daughter, who's in college, used to uh, be here, and the older daughter lives about 20 minutes away with her daughter. Now, tell me what's going on in the house. Noises, things being moved around, seeing shadows. And I definitely think it impacts how you feel. Within the first year of living here, I ended up getting sick. Uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, migraines. You seem to think it has to do with the house. I think it can all be tied in. Doctors, when they would test, would say I look great on paper. OK, because to look at you, you look healthy. Why don't you just move? It's our home, and I don't want to leave. But I'm very fearful for my family, for my kids, and my grandchild. The living, yeah, they totally see her. The woman from outside. I think they see her like, like if a light was shining right. on her, and then there's a shadow. Oh, she goes nuts in here, man. She really makes you not feel good. And the heart thing and the fever, you know, she just does, it's terrible. She has too much energy. What does that do to the living? Probably give you a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Okay, Carol, so why are we up in this part of the house? Upstairs here is when I first came face to face with a black mass. Came up to about my waist level. I came up on it from behind, and the top of it turned around and looked at me. Okay, have you seen it again? I've seen a shadow figure. I think it's the same thing, it's just in a different form, more like a male adult around six feet in height. Now, is there anything else going on? One of the things is that the door will just close on its own. You talk about these doors right here? It just out of nowhere? Yes. Do you hear it? No, you don't hear it closing. You don't hear it latching shut, but it's closed. OK, now what about it being on a tilt? This is not off kilter or anything. No, it has a latch handle, so you think you would hear it. Like that, you'd hear that. You would hear that. I can't explain it. Well, that's got to scare the hell out of you to turn around and see the door closed. Yeah, I don't sleep very well. There's somebody else in the house uh, that the woman from outside doesn't like. Uh, and I think he kind of torments her a little bit. He is always looking for her and won't let her alone. She says that dude is up the stairs. He's like a bull in a china shop. 
He's not aware of, you know, his strength. He's like, you think about a door, and a door slams, and then all the doors slam. But it's not like he meant to. Do you know how he might appear to the living? I think they see him like a big black mist. They might see him like hovering over them, like lurking in the corner. He's like, I'm trying to take care of that. I'm trying to control her ass. Uh, he says that she causes all the problems. All the problems, not him, it's her. Sure, wants to break things. She doesn't want to be here anymore. She's tired of the crazy ass guy who's here tortures her, uh, so she gets out occasionally. Uh, but then, you know, she ends up back here, and then there he is. And she's upset. Okay. You had an experience here? Yeah, at one point, I did have horses. Okay. So to help with uh, the mice that come in with the food grain, I had purchased some cats. And to keep the wildlife out, we would put cat food in a container, and to make sure they couldn't get into that, we put a cinder block on top. Okay, what happened? One time my son came out to feed the cats. One of our cats was dead within the bin. Inside the bin? And the cinder block was on top. Okay, he must have been shocked when he saw that. Yeah, me too. It just floored me. Has any chance the cat jumped in before he closed it and didn't see the cat, maybe suffocated this thing? It's not a real deep food bin. All right, so he would have seen the cat. He would have seen it. Well, I got news for you. If that's supernatural, you got a problem. Yeah. I know you got issues here, but what are you, what are you trying to get out of the investigation we're going to do? I need to find out what's going on here for the safety of my family. I think whatever this entity is, it can impact people's personalities, like the behavior of Kelly in the past. Kelly's your daughter? Kelly's my daughter. What are we talking about? What kind of behavior? When we moved in here, she became just atrocious, the things that she would say, and her physical violence against me was almost as if it wasn't even my daughter saying the things she was and doing the things she was. But why don't you think that's paranormal and not just teenage nonsense? Well, because when she then moved out of the house, we actually asked her to leave because her personality, the way she was acting, jeopardized my marriage, jeopardized the rest of the children in the house. Okay. And when we asked her to leave, then she's done a complete turnaround. Really? No more explosive outbursts. It's completely different. I'm feeling that same woman. Something, uh, she, uh, she is saying, oh, don't go in there, because you'll all die. You'll all die. She's saying there's something in here that's uh, not good. It's done harm. She thinks that no one can take care of this. That's very, very, very bad. It's been here a long time. This thing is uh, a blob. It came like a snake that's uh, maybe influencing people because it talks to them. It's made a lot of people angry. It can make you do bad things, but it does. it causes damage, a lot of damage. I don't like it in here. It hurts to be in here. Hey. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So Rob, I was talking to your wife and uh, it was upsetting listening to her. So uh, how are you taking all this? It's been very stressful. I'm an engineer, so you know, I believe in science and I look for facts and I look for proof. Things just kept happening and happening that I really couldn't explain. It's very disconcerting, and especially because of all the different kinds of things that have happened. Have you had any experiences while you've been here? I've heard footsteps laying in bed. I've, I've heard things outside in the hallway. Now the footsteps, you sure it wasn't one of the kids walking around? Yeah. Positive. Yeah. Yeah, sure, positive, absolutely. Okay, so now anything else happened to you? I had an episode where I woke up in the morning, took a shower, and my back burned, and I felt to the back, and I had scratches on my back. And my wife said, you have big gouges on your back. And she actually ended up taking a picture of them. This is your back? That's my back. Show me where these scratches would have been and how you could have did it. It would have been... Like, right here. I mean, and I would have had to essentially just do... Well, I see where it was. Like that. It was like right into the meaty part of my back. Is it possible? Yeah. But it's kind of pushing it that you did it yourself. I mean, it's almost like you're in a straitjacket. What do you think is going on in this house? There's some sort of uh, haunting. You know, I love my house, but I love my family more. And I'll, if I, if I need to move, I'll move. She's pissed. Oh, she's pissed. I don't know who to believe. He keeps saying, he doesn't mean to hurt anybody. I think he, like, cuts people. That's what she... Wait. I think that's what she's saying. So who the knows? Who's cutting who? I'm caught in the middle of a war between this dead man and woman. Both are telling me completely different stories, and it's impossible to know who's telling the truth. He's like, I'm the one trying to protect. He tries to stop her from doing her crazy He's more worried about her because she physically affects the living. That's what he's trying to stop. He feels like the problems he causes are far less than if he was not here and she was running amok. So Kelly, I'm glad I got a chance to speak to you. I was talking to mom 
and she told me you were having a kind of a tough time in this house. I hate this house. Hate it. It's just negative. But she thought that whatever's in this house definitely influenced you. I think it had an influence. We were always just at each other's necks. Even the littlest things would turn into a total blow up. You got violent. Yeah, it was bad. Sometimes you just get so mad at like blackout and not really be able to put two and two together about what just happened. Let me just ask you, do you think it was the house and what's in this house that did it to you? Or do you think it's just you being a pain ass teenager? <laughs> um, 100% believe with everything in me that there is something here. She told me everything that she does uh, to people. She kind of harassed someone that lived here. As a young girl, teenager, I think, she didn't have respect for her mom. She had very bad thoughts that were not good or pure. She really, really hated her. And she kind of really let her have it. What did she do? She kind of always jumped her a lot. And it would make the kid very sick. I think she kind of possessed her. Why'd you want to meet me in this room? This actually used to be my first room here when we first moved in, and this is where I had my first experience in the house. Okay, what was that? Uh, actually, this door right here. Um, very first night we had moved in, um, just like banging and knocking. Now, we're talking about like banging like a person was doing it? As if there was literally somebody stuck on the other side trying to get through. So, like that, exactly like that. I'm 51 years old. That would scare the hell out of me if I heard that. Yeah. I don't have an explanation for it. Anything else? Most recently, my daughter actually was like pushed down the stairs. Legs went over her head and she landed on her head. I, of course, like complete shock, freaked out. I was bawling my eyes out. I wouldn't want her to experience the things I have. I worry about that every day. He's not really aware of the space, you know, around him. Indirectly, I think he could hurt people, like, by trying to move them out of the way. I think that the living are kind of caught in a war zone. Some cases, I've got to do a lot of digging before I find the death on the property. Not this one. Took one phone call. I'm on my way to meet with a sheriff who said there was a murder right inside of Rob and Carol's house. Turns out there was a homicide in the house I'm investigating. Yes, Andrew Fedick was killed in the house in January of 1939. So now, what do we know about this guy, Andrew, himself? Andrew and his wife, Bessie, were Austrian immigrants. They moved into the house in 1929. They were the parents of five girls and one boy. Andrew was a farmer, and he was known to have a drinking problem. The night of the homicide, Andrew came in, and allegedly he was drunk and had been drinking for several days. And he was very abusive and boisterous and uh, angry with his wife and whoever else was in the house. And uh, the son, Michael, came in. And when Michael came in, it's alleged that his dad came after him with a knife. Okay, so now how old is Michael? Michael was 19. 
Now, I do have a picture of Michael. A struggle ensues, and Michael is able to disarm his dad. But at the time, then, his father turns his rage toward Bessie, his wife. She picks up a 12-gauge shotgun. She gives him a warning. In fact, she gives him several warnings and asks him to back off. He proceeds to come after her, and she shoots once and hits him in the chest. I do have a copy of the death certificate declaring him dead that night with information that he died from a shotgun blast. Okay, homicide, murdered by gunshot wounds. I have the newspaper account. It was headline news. The newspaper report said an autopsy performed revealed that 156 pellets of the shotgun shell had pierced his chest. So, Sheriff, did she get arrested for this? That night, she's taken into custody, and she's charged with both homicide and manslaughter. She's released on bail, and three months later, she appears in front of a grand jury. Okay. She alleges self-defense. The grand jury believes that, and they don't indict her. Did they have a relationship in life? Yes. I'm gonna say she knew him when she was alive. I don't know if they were related. With all this fighting going on, it's hard to know how this man and woman knew each other in life. But one thing's for sure, they can't stand each other in death. She seems afraid of him, so I'm thinking that he can do to her, <laughs> or has done to her, you know. I don't know if he, like, beats her up or what, but she tries to get the out of the way. Like, I'm seeing her at the funeral. A wife shoots and kills her husband, and a grand jury does not indict her. That just seems odd to me, especially because it's 1939. I'm heading over to meet with a professor in Philly who looked into the case for me. Well, Dr. Lucky, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. All right, so the reason I asked you to help me out was that I found it odd, especially as a homicide investigator, that this woman did not get indicted for murder charges. Steve, it is a really interesting case for the time period, given the fact that the status of women was subordinate to men during that time. And, and that's why I thought it odd that she didn't get indicted. Because right. I figured it's 1939. There was no domestic violence laws on the books yet. No, there absolutely was not. In fact, domestic violence wasn't even part of our language at that point. We just called these things family feuds. Well, it had to be pretty compelling, because I'm assuming that it had to be an all-male grand jury. Absolutely. When you think of somebody as unequal to men, less than men, you might think of them as childlike, not making the same decisions that you would make. And they're looking at her as if she was a kid. And how do yeah. you indict a kid? Right. Maybe this grand jury just thought, you know, well, she just didn't know what she was doing. Maybe she lost her mind. We see some of this still today, the argument that women are, are crazy or irrational. So, I mean, what's your opinion on it? What do you think about it? I think it's very clear that she was being abused by her husband severely over time. She's trying to protect herself. She's trying to protect her children and did not want to hurt or harm or even kill anyone, let alone her husband, but felt she had no other choice because he was coming for her. <laughs> He's like, she was really angry. I think he privately disliked her. He thought she was nuts. Yeah, she's done some bad things. He gets angry at her. 
that he says that she's crazy. So far, I've got a family being terrorized by unexplained activity and a property that's been the site of a homicide. But there's got to be something else that could help my case. So I'm at the local library. Searching through old records, I find a scandal involving brutal mistreatment of kids at an orphanage. Turns out, it's right next to my client's original property lines. I call the local historian, and she says it was the scene of neglect, abuse, and death. Well, Dr. Giesberg, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate that. So the article I came across uh, mentioned scandal and abuse in an orphanage not far from the property I'm investigating. Uh, what can you tell me about the place? It opened up um, in 1868 on the property of a former Revolutionary War era hospital. Oh. And here's a photograph of the school in 1870. The orphanage in Chester Springs was one of 35 operating in the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. Now, the article I saw was sometime in the 1880s. So when did the scandal actually break? There were a series of articles actually published in the 1880s okay. uh, reporting abuse at the schools. Okay. Here are a couple of examples here. One of these talking about uh, kids getting, um, you know, water tortured so they can confess to pulling a prank at the school. Another one um, alleging uh, sexual abuse at the schools. Okay. This is another article that was published in the national newspaper that talked about the kids not being provided with adequate food or clothing, uh, children being neglected uh, without medical care and dying in their cells. This is worse than a prison. Oh, yeah, sure. The news stories um, reported deaths at many of these schools in the, over the years. So what happens next? This becomes a political hot potato. So all the abuse and all this is still going on? That's right. All right so what happens? So around 1906, um, the Chester Springs uh, Civil War Orphan Home is finally closed. And here's our article talking about its last commencement. Okay. Did anybody go to prison, or was it just basically uh, you're out of a job now? These guys mostly just lost their jobs. That's it. That's right. Somebody just screaming. There's like some voice. These guys are like beating up this. Uh, you know, they're kids, though. They're kids. They're beating the out of this guy. Beating the out of him. This is bad over here. How? The f uh. Whoa, that hurt. Somebody lost their hearing. His whole body's on the ground. I think he's dehydrated. And there's blood. He's young, he's young. He's like a kid. Oh, that hurt, man. Ugh, I think he's delirious. During my walk, I was caught in the middle of a feud between a dead man and woman. I'm meeting with an artist to describe how their battles affect the living. Dead lady is kind of on the wall, and she's weird, very strange looking. She pretty much has a skull for a face. And there's a dead man across the room screaming at her. The living lady is freaking out. Amy, is this what you saw? Yes, that's what I saw. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, you're sitting across from a, what I consider a family in crisis. Uh, this is Rob, this is his wife Carol, 
and this is their daughter, Kelly, their oldest. Now, Kelly doesn't live here anymore. And these are their other two children. This is Heather, who's away at college. Uh, and this is Colin, who's 14 now? 14. Yep. He still lives here. You should know that the activity is so bad here, it's ruining Carol's health. And it's basically tearing the family apart. And they told me that we are their last hope. So now that Amy knows a little bit about what's going on here, I'm going to ask her to describe her walk for us. When I first got here, I encountered a female. Her energy is just off the charts. She's absolutely in constant motion. She looks strange. Her face was basically just a skull. Her arms and legs were extraordinarily long and kind of spider-like. Definitely one of the, the major things that I got from her is that she can make the living very sick. She latched on me. I was sweating and I felt like the fever and I felt like I had, you know, a flu. You know, this is the, one of the main reasons we're here. It's because your health has deteriorated since she's moved in. Now, you look at her, she, she looks like the epitome of fit, right? Mm -hmm. And even the doctors on paper say you, there's nothing wrong. I look great on paper. But I just feel pains, migraines, random pains sometimes out of the blue. Interesting. And what about severe anxiety? hyperactivity, then feeling extremely drained. I would and say that's, Kelly's a lot of that's actually more Kelly. That sound right, Kel? Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard to hear it. The living should not be at all interacting with this female because her energy is so severe and there's so much death entangled in her energy. At one point, I almost have to stop the walk because... I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Carol gets these intense chest pains from time to time. Told Rob about and took me to the ER. Well, that's a smart move. So it is a real threat because she really can induce that. Wow. So that is making me very nervous. Now, would the living be able to see her? Yes. They would see her like a brown, misty thing. I've seen it as the mist now. I've seen it as a like two to three foot mass upstairs. And I've seen it as a shadow figure walking. Wow. The other thing was the woman was talking about torturing this, this girl. Uh, she was saying it was because she was disrespectful didn't have any manners, so she was trying to teach her a lesson. She kind of looked like you. Yeah, those yeah. words hit it right on the head, I'd yeah. say. Our relationship deteriorated a lot for several years once mm -hmm. we moved in here. And a lot of times Rob would, it made it difficult because he would ask perhaps what I perhaps did to set things off with Kelly. Do you feel like she was being kind of different or overly controlling or overly aggressive with you? Obviously, you guys are being influenced like crazy by her. It affected your marriage as well, right? The whole thing? Oh, during that time, it affected the 
entire family. It came to the point where you guys actually asked her to leave, or basically told her to leave, right? I didn't want to do it. I, I love my daughter, but it was overwhelming. Yeah, baby. Neither of them could figure out a way to not escalate from the smallest argument to a big, gigantic nuclear war. And as the dad, I was caught in the middle of it. It's scary to think that, like, something you can't explain or you can't really see, you don't know what it is, can affect you that way. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that this dead woman was indicating to me was that She's being tortured by another dead person here. This deceased male, she absolutely hates him. I saw him standing at the top of the stairs by the master bedroom, just watching me. I could hear doors slamming. He does this. That happens a lot. The other thing, um, you would also see him as a large black mist. And she came back and was saying how she hated him. She's like, he scratches people. He's worse because he scratches people. He torments me. He's calling her a liar. She's calling him a liar. You know, I don't know who, who, to, who to believe. Well, you'll walk as nail on about everything that's going on in this house. <laughs> well, do me a favor and just tell Amy how you think you got these marks. One morning. I came out of the shower and I turned around and Carol said, you've got big scratches on your back. How did that happen? Could this thing also bruise, like cause bruises? Yes. And the feeling of being shoved, pushed, pulled, you know, does that resonate with you? Tell me exactly what happened, because the way you described it to me did not sound normal. Mm-mm. Lila. My daughter, we were going downstairs on that side of the house, and it literally looked like someone just, like, put both hands, like, on the back of her shoulder, shoved her down, and, like, she, like, flipped and landed on her head on the stairs. I f completely lost it. That is probably coming from her It explains a lot. a lot, actually. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, these two dead people really hate each other. Unfortunately, you guys get caught in the middle, and some physical trauma is caused by them inadvertently. I had a, a sketch artist draw kind of an example of a situation, specifically in the master bedroom. Holy crap. Creepy. Kind of makes you feel sick. How would they feel with them two fight? The two dead. Just fighting like them? what I'm saying. Like they would feel, you know, unsettled, uncomfortable, anxious. It would kind of explain why I don't, I don't feel at rest. I'm never comfortable. I always feel like there's eyes on me. Mm. Now, did you get anything when they were alive? They somehow knew each other when they were both alive. He always felt that she was a bitch, that she was very mean to people. But, you know, she definitely has a fear of him because if he beat her when she was alive, 
Well, listening to everything you had to say, I kind of have an idea already who you're talking about. In 1929, Andrew and Bessie Fedick moved into your house with their kids. Andrew was a laborer and rumored to be a pretty bad drunk. There is evidence to suggest that he may have been pretty abusive as well. On January 3rd, 1939, Andrew came home drunk and got into an altercation when his son came home, Michael. And the fight he got into with his son escalated where Andrew had a knife and tried to attack his son. Michael was able to get the knife away and Andrew turned his rage towards his wife, Bessie. Now, she picks up a 12-gauge shotgun and begs him to stop. He continues coming at her and she fires one round 12-gauge shotgun into his chest. Wow. That happened right here in this house. Wow. I have his death certificate here. Now, this homicide was front page news. I actually have an article about what happened. Bessie was immediately arrested. She testifies at the grand jury, and they don't indict her. Self-defense? Yeah, basically. You know, in my experience working domestic violence over 20 years on the streets, this is not something that just happened. This was abuse going on for years. This may sound just ridiculous, but I was actually hoping that there was something factual that could explain a lot of this nutsy stuff that's going on. I'm just shocked. And that they're still fighting, and it's still happening, and they're still influencing people. So, anything else? Just a quick question. I mean, did you spend a lot of time in the barn or around the barn when you were younger? Um, yeah, because we had horses. Okay, I got it. Okay. There's something else that's also influencing this area, and, and that might have something to do with what happened here. I was drawn right to the barn, and the dead lady actually wrapped her, her arms around my waist and pulled me back, and she's like, you don't want to go in there. And she goes, you know, if you go in that barn, you're going to die. I did feel very unnerved. She was telling me that um, there was something in the barn uh, that has done a great deal of harm, that it absolutely was not good. What I saw was like this small black ball. And then I saw it like kind of go into like a snake form. It did then take the shape of a very solid kind of shadow person but it's not a shadow person. What I would call it is a demon. The thing is, is that by you being like so out there all the time, like it's something that absolutely could have influenced your behavior and could have taken over slightly even. Um, it is something that could have influenced these people. Not feeling good about what's going on right now. No. Fight Grand Central Station for evil. Its mission here is to destroy as many people as possible. Now, do you think the demon in the bond was attached to Kelly? Yeah, you I do. think it was. Well, Lila spends a lot of time by the barn. All the time. She loves following the cats. I think I'm in shock. Well, guys, your family's been plagued with questions for years now. 
Why have you been so sick, Carol? Why did you act out, Kelly? And Rob, you know, why you got scratched? At least you have answers now. But the big question is, can you stay here in a calm, peaceful environment and live your lives happily and have your granddaughter come over and be safe? For that answer, I'm going to turn it over to my partner, Amy, and see if she has a resolution for us. There are several things that you need to do in order to make this a safer environment. So in order to remove the demon in the barn area, I would like there to be a Catholic priest who comes in. He's going to do an exorcism of the barn and the property. He does need to make a very firm statement that he is not including the removal of any dead people from this location. So my hope is that he actually gets rid of this thing, but he may not. Uh, he may just get rid of it from your property. The next day, I want there to be a physical medium that comes to remove the deceased male and female from the house. It could take several days uh, for it to happen just because there's going to be a lot of arguing between the medium and probably both of the dead people. Now, when all that's said and done, will she start feeling better and... Yes, the difference will be insane. <laughs> It'll be a huge, huge difference. We're all highly motivated to move all of this on. It'd be so nice to be able to come home and feel like it's a home because I don't have that feeling. It's nice to have some answers. Kind of gives you some closure to that chapter of your life. I really hope Carol and Rob follow my advice and deal with the entities terrorizing their family. With the help of a priest and a medium, they should be able to free themselves of the darkness surrounding their home. <laughs>